touch the trumpet and loud let it ring. Jesus is coming again. Cheer up, you pilgrims, be joyful and sing. Jesus is coming again. O Lord, our Father in heaven, we seek thy face in prayer. Bless this broadcast to every listener and lead us all in thy way. Remember the president, give him more than human wisdom, and bless those in the national service today. Protect them, everyone. Forgive our sins, we pray in Christ's name, and keep us near to the heart of God. your free radio Bible correspondence course. There are 26 lessons in this free course, and they cover about 500 points of major importance in Bible doctrine and prophecy, and valuable helps are provided with the lessons. There is nothing to buy. Your only textbook is the Bible. Everyone who has seen these lessons is greatly interested in this new plan of Bible study. Thousands who have been longing to understand the Bible write us, this is just what I've been wanting for years. It's a remarkable course, hardly believable that it's all free, and we appreciate the personal interest taken in each of our test papers. Yes, it is entirely free. On enrolling, you are sent Lesson 1 together with a letter of instructions telling you how to proceed with the course. Join the tens of thousands already studying. Remember, this course is also available in the Braille for the Blind. As we have announced before, we are giving a free year subscription to the Watchman magazine to all who complete their correspondence course. This offer, notice, will be left open to all who complete their 26 lessons by July 1, 1943. Write us this very evening. Please enroll me in your free radio Bible correspondence course. Address, The Voice of Prophecy, Box 55, Los Angeles, California. in Jesus, he's everything to me. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. The lily of the valley, in him alone I see. All I need to cleanse and make me fully whole. In sorrow he's my comfort, in trouble he's my stay. He tells me every care on him to go. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. 
is the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. He'll never, never leave me, nor yet forsake me here. While I live by faith and do his blessed will, a wall of fire about me, I've nothing now to fear. With his manna he my hungry soul doth fill. Then sweeping up to glory I'll see his blessed face, where rivers of delight shall ever roll. He's a lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. And now, the voice of prophecy. Our subject tonight is entitled, Salvation for Believers, or The Golden Stairs to the Golden City. The question's often asked now, as it was in the days of the apostles, what must I do to be saved? The answer today is just as simple and clear as it was then, Acts 16.31. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. We find the same truth brought to view in St. John 1, 11 to 13. He came to his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. The Scriptures declare that all men have sinned and come short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. Sin is the transgression of God's law, 1 John 3.4. The wages of sin is death, Romans 6.23. Therefore, all men are under the condemnation of death. But through the grace of God there is hope for all men, St. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Christ died for our sins, 1 Corinthians 15, 3. He has taken our place, paid the penalty for our sins, and offers to us eternal life on the basis of our free and voluntary acceptance of his sacrifice for us. But to believe on Christ means to receive him. We read that in St. John 1, 12. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God even to them that believe on his name. Those who believe on him receive him. They accept him and all he's done for them. They accept him as their Savior, as their example, as their Lord, too. To believe in Christ, to receive him, means more than mere mental acceptance of the fact of his vicarious sacrifice. Let's consider now the golden stairs to the golden city, seven different steps to be taken by the believer. You've all heard of the famous holy staircase in Rome, believed by many, to be the identical staircase Jesus ascended to Pilate's judgment hall. We're told that the angels transported it from Jerusalem to its present location. Many ascend this staircase on their knees, stopping to repeat a prayer in each step. They feel that in doing this, special blessings are assured to them and that they're farther along on their way to heaven. It's been my privilege to see many devout persons ascend other stairs to religious shrines. These persons were repeating prayers. And they seemed to be most sincere in their belief that they were climbing toward heaven and God. But tonight, we're to consider the spiritual stairs revealed in the Word of God. A series of spiritual steps the Lord has revealed in the Holy Scriptures, which will actually carry us to the great highway that leads to God's house. 
And it's good to know that every person listening to this broadcast can, by God's help, go up this golden stairway to the Father's house. It's absolutely certain that if we climb each step of these divine stairs, we will actually go through the gates of the city of God. Really now, friends, isn't that the hope and the desire of each one of us? Of course it is. But if we all truly, if we're all really in earnest about it, we should start up these golden steps just as soon as we know what they are. We would feel like singing the old hymn, Lord, I care not for riches, neither silver nor gold. I would make sure of heaven. I would enter the fold. In the book of thy kingdom with its pages so fair, tell me, Jesus, my Savior, is my name written there? All oh, that beautiful city with its mansions of light, with its glorified beings in pure garments of white, where no evil thing cometh to despoil what is fair, for the angels are watching. Is my name written there? There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven steps in this beautiful golden stairway of truth, and they reach all the way to the golden city, the New Jerusalem. Now here's the first step. It's called repentance. When you think of Peter's great sermon the day of Pentecost, you remember it stirred the hearts of the people to the very depths. And they were under deep conviction of sin, and they came to the apostles and said, What shall we do? And here's the story in the Bible's own words, Acts 2.37. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts. They said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, Ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Our first step, then, is to repent. St. Paul mentions it in Acts 20, 21, testifying both to the Jews and to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what is repentance? Well, to repent is to be sorry for all the wrong you've done and to stop it. It means to turn away from wrong and to turn toward the right. If a man has a bad language habit, when he repents, he stops swearing. The thief who repents stops stealing does his best to make restitution. The liar begins to tell the truth. The man who's been defiling his body temple, he cleans up. He quits all these unspiritual habits. If a man finds out that he's been breaking the Sabbath of the Lord and repents, he starts keeping the true Sabbath of the Lord. If a person is robbing God of a tithe's money, when he repents, he begins to pay his tithe. Repentance means doing our best to right the wrongs that we've committed against God and our fellow men. Some time ago, a man committed a crime which carries a life sentence. He escaped punishment by implicating an innocent man. He heard our broadcast while living under an assumed name right here in San Francisco. He was led to repent of his sins and give his heart to God. What did he do then? He wrote us asking for a special prayer. He said he decided to make things right as best he could. He was starting back to the eastern part of the United States to take his place in the cell and let the innocent man go free. Real repentance is sometimes hard, but it's the first step toward heaven. In St. Luke 19th chapter, we read of Zacchaeus, was pretty deep in finance. Evidently, had taken part in what we call shady deals. He was a very short man physically, couldn't see over the crowd, and so he was a resourceful, determined man. He climbed up in a tree to see if he couldn't get a glimpse of Christ as he passed by. But when Christ came under the tree, he stopped and looked up right into Zacchaeus' eyes, called him a name. Come down, Zacchaeus, he said. I'm going home with you today. And Zacchaeus came down, right down from that tree, took Jesus home with him, and he was a happy man. Why was he happy? because he'd repented and made things right. Read his own words here, Luke 19, 8. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And then Jesus said, 
this day is salvation come to this house. You see, friends, when a man is ready to make everything right, when he actually does it, salvation comes to him, and happiness too. Yes, repentance is the first step, and it leads to the second step. If a man repents of his sins, he will confess them to the Lord. So the second step is repentance. After repentance is confession. David said in Psalms 32, 5, I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and my iniquity have I not hid. I said I will confess my transgression unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. Now, just as surely as a man takes the first step and repents and then confesses his sins, that puts him on the second step. And if he takes the second step, he will at once find that he's on the third step, forgiveness. Because when he confesses his sins, God forgives him. If we confess our sins, says the Apostle John, 1 John 1, 9, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When a man takes these three steps, he must go on to the fourth. If he repents and confesses his sin, the Lord forgives him. He says he will. But the man still has a sinful heart. He was born that way. He's sinful by nature. He must be born again, the scripture says. He must have a new heart. And this is the fourth step, receiving a new heart. Read Psalms 51, 7, and 10. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Here David repented and confessed his sin and prayed God to forgive him, and God did forgive him. Then he went on and prayed more. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And David found that that kind of a prayer was always answered. It's good to know that there are some prayers that you can always know will be answered. God has promised that when we truly repent, when we honestly confess our sins, he will forgive. This prayer is always answered. And then, just as surely as we pray, create in me a clean heart, he does it. It's always answered because this prayer is according to the will of God, always. 1 John 5, 14. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And we know... And if we know that he hears, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that are desired of him. It's absolutely necessary to have this new heart. Jesus said to the great master of religion, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. St. John 3, 3. Every man must take that step on the golden stairway. He must repent, confess his sins, and God will then forgive him and give him a new heart. God has promised that he will give us that new heart that we might obey him. Ezekiel eleven nineteen. And I will give them one heart, and I will put a new spirit within you. And I will take the stony heart out of their flesh, and I will give them an heart of flesh, that they may walk in my statutes and keep mine ordinances and do them. How good God is. He knows that just as long as we do not have a new heart, we cannot live right. Our resolutions fail. Psychology can't change the heart. Education can't change it. That's why Jesus said ye must be born again. God promises to do it, and he does it. And just as soon as a man takes the fourth step, he must go on and take the fifth step, which is to get Christ in the heart. Paul says in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Christ desires to live in that man's heart day by day by the Holy Spirit. When Christ lives in a man's heart, the man does right because he wants to do right. This is the hope of glory according to Colossians 1, 27. When Christ was on earth, he kept all of God's commandments. And when he lives in a man's heart by the Holy Spirit, he will live the same kind of a life that he lived here. He's always the same. He never changes. When he came to this earth, he said in the words of the prophet Psalms 48, 
I delight to do thy will, O my God, yea, thy laws within my heart. When he comes to dwell in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, he brings God's holy law right in with him. You see, he keeps God's commands, and we will keep them because he's in our hearts. People see the difference in a man's life. The man who's taken this fifth step on the golden stairs to the home of God. Oh, yes, they see the difference. And this little poem by an unknown author expresses it beautifully. Not merely in the words you say, not merely in the deeds confessed, but in the most unconscious way is Christ expressed. For me, t'was not the truth you taught, to you so clear, to me so dim. But when you came, you brought a fuller sense of him. And from your eyes he beckons me, and from your heart his love is shed, till I lose sight of you and see the living Christ instead. Now having received a new heart and having Christ living within, we're ready for the sixth step. The old life is dead. We're ready for this step, which is baptism. This means we're buried with Christ and also risen with him to a new life. Read Romans 6, 3 to 6. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Read this passage. We see how wonderful baptism is. We never have any more doubts about its being necessary either. Baptism's the sixth step in this wonderful golden stairway. It's so important for us that Jesus took it before a great multitude of people too, that we might have his blessed example to follow. And God the Father highly approved of it, as you read in St. Mark 1, 9 to 11, where when Christ was baptized, the voice of God came saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. I hope you, radio friend, have taken this step or plan to do it soon. Don't neglect it, whatever you do. Our Savior said to his disciples in St. Matthew 28, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And baptism actually puts you up on the seventh step. Let us read 1 Corinthians 12, 13. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, bond or free. That one body mentioned here is the church, according to Colossians 1, 24. Some people say, well, I want to be baptized, but I don't want to belong to the church. But they say that because they don't understand things properly. Look at these texts, Acts 2.37. When they heard this, they were pricked in their heart, said, what shall we do? Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. What happened to these people who believed? They were baptized. Did they hold back? No. They want to know what to do next. And then what happened to them? Did they just wander about like sheep with no shepherd? No, indeed. Now read Acts 2.47. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Where did the Lord put them? He added them to the church. And let us not say the Lord made a mistake. He never makes mistakes. And he put them right in the church. That's the seventh step on the golden stairs here on this earth. Joining the church. When a man takes all these seven steps, he repents, confesses his sins, receives forgiveness from God, the Lord gives him a new heart, Christ lives in him, he's buried with Christ in baptism and rises to a new life, then he becomes a member of the body of Christ, the church, and begins to live a life of obedience with other believing Christians. These seven steps put him on the highway of righteousness right here in this world, 
that leads on to the city of God. Now, radio friend, ask yourself the question, where am I tonight? Which step am I on? Have I taken all these steps? Am I on the highway of holiness that leads to the gates of the new Jerusalem? If you're on the king's highway, don't let anybody or anything get you off from it. Poor old Judas got off the road. He was on it, but he got off. And Jesus said it would have been better for that man if he'd never been born. See Matthew 26, 24. You know, eternal life, friend, is just worth everything. And the wisest thing for us to do is to take these seven steps just as quick as we can and get on the king's highway of obedience and never look back and never turn back. Just keep pushing on. How are you, radio friend, in the real pilgrim's progress tonight? You may be a preacher. You may be a church member. But honestly, friends, have you taken these steps, all of them? Are you pressing on toward the golden city? Can you say from the bottom of your heart and mean it with all your soul, the words of Henry F. Light in that dear old hymn, Jesus, I my cross have taken all to leave and follow thee. All things else I have forsaken, thou henceforth my all shall be. Perish every fond ambition, all I've sought or hoped or known. Yet how rich is my condition, God and heaven are still my own. Hastening on from grace to glory, armed by faith and winged by prayer, heaven's eternal day is before me, God's own hand is guiding there. Soon shall close my earthly mission, swift shall pass these pilgrim days, hope shall change to glad fruition, faith to sight and prayer to praise. Oh God, our Heavenly Father, bless the man or woman who's listening in just now or the boy or girl who hasn't taken all these steps. And even if it's a gospel worker, oh God, bless the preacher friend tonight who needs thy help and thy courage. Give him faith, oh God, to go on, to take all the steps so that he can lead other people into all the steps. We ask it in Christ's name, the fount of every blessing. Amen.
been listening to the Coast to Coast broadcast of the Voice of Prophecy coming to you tonight from San Francisco, California. You'll be glad to know, radio friends, that you can still obtain a free copy of last week's address, The Seven Wonders of the World. I know everyone who heard it will want a copy, and those who didn't should certainly write for it. Write your request direct to the Voice of Prophecy, Box 55, Los Angeles, California. And now about our special book for the month of June, Does God Care? This is the most popular volume we've offered thus far. It answers that question thousands are asking, why doesn't an all-powerful loving God bring a halt to the present bloodshed and suffering? Does he not care about Earth's agony? We just wish we could give this wonderful book, Does God Care?, to every person listening tonight, but we're forced to limit it to sustaining members. We invite you, friend, to become one of our sustaining members and receive this June book, and you'll always be glad you sent for it. Remember, in no other way will a dollar go so far in carrying a message of hope to the millions. And when you send your gift tonight, please offer a prayer for the Voice of Prophecy. Our address, The Voice of Prophecy, Box 55, Los Angeles, California. And join us again next Sunday at the same time over these same stations when our topic will be The Secret of Happiness. Our radio group is on a, an evangelistic tour now for two weeks. We expect to be back soon at our head office. Be sure to address all your mail to The Voice of Prophecy, Box 55, Los Angeles, California. Have faith in God, who made salvation free. Have faith in God, for Christ on Calvary. Have faith in God through all eternity. Have faith, dear friend, in God. And so as we come to the end of this program, we solicit the prayers of all our friends, the many thousands who listen in, for the voice of prophecy and its work. We trust, dear friend, that above all, the life of prayer and of faith may be yours today. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Voice of Prophecy has come to you from KFRC The Donnelly Studios in San Francisco. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System.